This is the New Song Church podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message. Well, good morning, New Song Church. How are you today? All right, a lot of the guys over here are doing good. These guys are still distracted a little bit. All right, I'm just going to put my notes on top of Pastor Joseph's notes here so I get a double portion of anointing. If you don't know me, my name is Pastor Tondurai. I am one of the pastors here at New Stone Church. And I got to tell you, my wife and I feel so privileged and blessed to be able to serve in this house. Uh, we avail our gifts, our talents, our anointings, and our call to what God is doing here. You cannot deny the move of God that is happening in our midst. And uh, we want to be a part of it. This is a good place. Would you agree with me? Yeah, it is a wonderful place. And I, and I just think that as we go into this next chapter, again, being led by our pastors, Josh and Sarah, that we're going to see God move in such an amazing way because it is the moment in time that God is lifting us up and turning the page of the chapters that we've been into a new chapter that we can experience the newness of God. So, And I, I'm, I'm really ready for that. Are you guys ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready to see God do some amazing, awesome, and crazy, blessed things. Now, we're continuing our series on Advent. And I got to tell you, where I grew up, I had did not exercise Advent. I didn't even know that there was a thing called Advent. So I didn't, we didn't practice it. So it was not until I got married that my wife introduced that uh, concept to us. And so we began practicing it and, 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 and uh, going through some of the readings on, on Advent and setting our hearts to what the reason for the season really is. And I think it can be easy for us to say, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season, but only say it as a cliche and not really actually practice or position ourselves for that. And so Advent then gives us an opportunity to really focus our minds on our hearts on him being really the reason for the season amen and that's what Jesus is setting us up for and so for me Advent is a time to celebrate a time to anticipate and a time to participate but then the question is what are we celebrating what are we anticipating and what do we participate in and for me what we're participating in and what we're celebrating and anticipating is the love of God because God so loved us that he was willing to break across all barriers to send a gift to us that we all celebrate and the reason why we sit here is because of the gift that was given to us and God expressed his love to the world through Jesus okay now you all are quiet for me all right so I need you to talk back to me that's how I get going okay so y'all better talk back to me but God expressed his love to the world through Jesus amen and the popular scripture that we have is John chapter 3 and verse 16 and the Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life and another scripture that kind of cements this is Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 it says for unto us a child is born right when my wife and I got together and we decided okay we're gonna have some kids those kids belong to us they ain't y'all's they're my kids right but this Jesus is a child that is born for you and me it was not for the purposes of God himself but the reason why he was birthed and the reason why he came onto this earth was because of you 
and I. And so that is the child that is born to us. And the Bible says, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that is all the gifts that he brings when we accept him into our lives. And that's the beauty of Advent. So we celebrate the gift of Jesus we anticipate being with Jesus and we participate in imaging the love of Jesus in the world. And if you haven't already guessed it, we're, today we're going to be talking about love. Tend to your neighbor and say love. All right, that's what we're going to be talking about. So before I begin, let's go ahead and let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Once again, we're here. We didn't come to a building, even though we came to it. What we came here for is you. We didn't come to a man, even though a human being, a man, is given the word, but what we desire is to hear from you. And so I pray that the word that you have today, it just gets into our hearts. That we are sitting at your table and you're about to break bread with us. I pray that we would eat of this food. That when we go from here, God, we empowered, encouraged, challenged to walk in the path that you have called us to walk and be what you have called us to be. I thank you for each and every single person that is here and the families represented. And I speak a blessing over each and every single one of them that as we partake of this word, that we will be better and blessed for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, Christmas for me is totally different from where I grew up than how y'all do Christmas here. First of all, we're in the Southern Hemisphere. So right now it is hot. Okay, so we couldn't even imagine a, 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 a white Christmas. That was not even an option to even think about the possibility of having a white Christmas. So our Christmas kind of looked like this, and I'm going to take you back to my childhood years. So we never got new clothes during the year. You never got any new clothes. But when it came time to Christmas, you knew that you were about to get a new set of clothes that you're going to be wearing for the coming year. And the reason for this was because that's when everybody got their bonuses. So they had money to be able to buy clothes. And so we were like, okay, it's exciting time. It's Christmas time. I'm going to get me some new clothes. And so my mom would take me to the department store. And I love this. And this is how Christmas began. When you went to the department store, and the outside was Father Christmas. Not Santa Claus. It was Father Christmas. And it was the skinny dude. And he would put a cushion underneath his belly so that he kind of created a belly there. And his beard was made of cotton balls. And so he would have a red pointy hat. And then he would have the bell. And he would be clinging the bell over there. So I thought, hey, that's Santa Claus. You know I mean, that's Father Christmas. That's how he looks like. So I didn't know any better. But it was awesome. And then we would go inside the department store and man, it's all decked up with decorations and everything. And I'm just uber excited. And then we start looking at clothes and oh, you, you want new jeans? Yeah, yeah, I want new jeans. I want that suit over there. And then, you know, my mom is picking all these things up and you're really excited at Christmas. You know, this is Christmas. And then when Christmas Day came, you looked at all your clothes and you picked out your best outfit. And then you would put on your best outfit on Christmas Day towards lunchtime. And we would have rice and chicken and coleslaw. 
If you didn't have the slaw, it wasn't Christmas. Okay, so you had to have the slaw with the rice and chicken. And so we would deck in our new clothes, everybody. So you're coming out and you're not coming out of, the, out of your house or out of, out of your yard. And every other kid is coming out and you're all looking at each other. Oh, check out your shoes. Check out your jeans. Look at your jacket. Oh, my gosh. And we're celebrating and we're having a big old party. And then every other house is blaring loud music. And they're all playing different songs. So it just makes a big, loud noise. And we're all celebrating because... Because it's a birthday party. For us, if there ain't no music, it ain't a party. So we would be dancing to all the music that was around us. And we would have these Christmas crackers, right? So you didn't really have presents under the tree. You'd have Christmas crackers. You'd pop them and out falls this little confetti stuff. And you can get, oh, a little golden ring. Yay, I got a ring for Christmas. So that's how we celebrated Christmas. And you know how y'all put lights outside in the house for Christmas? You know, drive by. And people do all these lavish shows. You park by outside somebody's house and they got music going on. That's great. Yeah, we didn't do any of that. Because if you did that, the next morning the lights would probably be gone. Because somebody would have taken them and put them in their kitchen. Because they're like, why are you wasting all these lights? So we didn't do that. What we did was we'd put streamers inside our house and there would be balloons and streamers. That's how we decorated our house. And that's the way we celebrated Christmas. But in that place, we were able to enjoy ourselves, experience the love of family, experience the love of community, and have a sense of togetherness. In the English language, you have one word, and that is love. And that love, that word love is used for anything. I love chocolate. I don't love chocolate anymore. I love my wife. I love to go to the store. I love this and I love that. And we use that one word. And sometimes the depth of the word can be lost in translation because of how easily we use it. Now in the Greek language, they have different words for love. And most of you know this. But one of the words that they have is philia which is brotherly affection. So that's a love between brothers. You know, you band together and you get together as brothers and you go in pursuit of the same purpose or you're there for one another in the event that something goes wrong. That's brotherly love. Then there's eros, which is romantic love. So when you look into her eyes and you see her blue eyes and she smiles and it lights up the room, you're in eros, brother. And when he hands you out some flowers, and he says in his very white tone voice, hey baby, you're in Eros, sister. That's what Eros is. And then there's Stoje, which is family love, which is kind of what I was talking about, where families get together, band together, and have a time in which they're there one for another, enjoying laughter and fellowship. But the one love that, again, I'm sure you all know that I want to dwell on is agape which is the God kind of love. And that is the one that we celebrate, anticipate, and participate in, the God kind of love. And so I want to talk about this here, this God kind of love. And the first thing that I want to touch on about the God kind of love is that God's love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. You see, love is not something that God gives. Love is not something that God does. Love is the very essence and nature of who God is. So God does not give love. He is love. 
And so because of the fact that he is love, he is able to love unconditionally. He is able to not set a condition on how he is going to love because it is his nature. If he doesn't love, he denies who he is. He denies himself. And God cannot deny who he is. He cannot deny himself. So he cannot help but to love because it is his very essence. And so we see this in practice in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. The Bible reads, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. So kind of looking back at the story and how we end up having to celebrate love, is we realize right there at the moment that man sins, at the moment that man falls, at the moment man makes the decision that sets him on the trajectory of living a life without the real true presence of God right in that moment God sends the road to redemption the road to redemption was not predicated on what men was going to do on what choices or options men was going to make it was predicated on his nature he set out a plan to redeem you and I because of who he is he wasn't waiting for you to get it right he wasn't waiting for you to think a thing or act in a particular way in order to institute the plan of redemption because of his nature he already set it in place and the responsibility that you and I have is to accept that conditional, that unconditional love. You see, what God did in Jesus, when Jesus came here, he, he set aside divinity and he put on humanity and walked amongst us so that he could bring us to the place of divinity. He set aside his position as the son of God and became the son of man so that he could live amongst us. So that you and I could then actually wear that post of being called sons and daughters of God. And he did it not because of what you were saying, not because of what you were doing, not because you were deserving of it, but because his love is unconditional. And so we must understand that God demonstrated his unconditional love in the moment man fell. He had already set in motion his redemptive work. It's kind of like my Christmas story. In order for me to actually enjoy what was happening, my mother did not set any standards for me in order for us to celebrate Christmas. But I had to give my yes. I had to give my yes in order for me to enjoy the rice and chicken. I had to give my yes in order for me to get the clothes. And my yes meant that I had to give a no somewhere else. That meant that I was not doing something with my friends. I was not out running a mock and doing something crazy. My, my yes said, I said no to other things. And so when we say yes to the unconditional love of God, we have to be saying no to something else. Because for you to participate in it, it is going to cost you something. And that's what your yes is. Your yes is, I lay aside the cost that I can participate in this unconditional love. It was already there. The clothes were there. The music was there. I didn't play the music. I didn't cook the food. I didn't buy the clothes. But I gave my yes in order to participate and enjoy it. Will you give your yes this season? Will you give your yes to this unconditional love? God's not like Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a list, right? There's a naughty list and there's a nice list. Truth of the matter is we're all on the naughty list. Undeserving of his love. But he gives it unconditionally. Will you take a hold of it? Will you receive it? Will you believe in it? 
As we celebrate the Advent season, we have the opportunity to express, express love. I think I jumped on, on point here. and go back. So Paul puts it this way about unconditional love. In Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So again, he didn't wait for you and I to get it right in order for us to receive this unconditional love. And so the second point is this. It actually takes God to love like God. So number one, his love is unconditional. But number two, it actually takes God to love like God. So I'm going to talk about conditional love for a second. Conditional love is only given as long as the condition continues to be met. So once the condition goes away, the potential of the love to go away is also real. Have you ever heard this one? Why do you love me? Well, I love you because you have a kind heart. Also, that means if I stop having a kind heart, then I'm not going to receive your love. Why do you love me? Well, I love you because you're beautiful. So if I stop being beautiful, so too goes your love. So we, in our natural nature, cannot love unconditionally. We love and we love with condition. And it is easy to love with condition because of the way that we are in our fallen nature. And let's look at the first three love that we talked about. We talked about uh, philia, which is brotherly kind of love, right? So brotherly love means that if I see you as my brother, then I'm going to love you in that sense. All right? So Eric Williams over here, I see him as my brother. So he's got my back. I got his. So we're going to love each other well. So whenever something happens to him, I'm going to avail myself to him. And he's going to avail himself to me. But Matt Stumke, that's another story. I don't know this guy. I don't know what's up about him. So if something happens to him, hey, that's his own issue to fix. So there has to be a condition for brotherly love to be in motion or to exist. Let's look at Eros. Oh, don't let me get into Eros. On Monday, I love you, baby. On Wednesday, why is this laundry over over here? Nothing has been done with the laundry. What is going on here? On Wednesday, you're getting flowers. On Sunday, silent treatment. And you all know about silent treatment. You all know about that. You're getting the silent treatment. You're getting the cold shoulder. Why didn't you say hi to me this morning? I mean, do you even care? Do you even love me? You know what I'm talking about? It's like you have to meet a condition. In Eros. And then the family. Well, some of you had Thanksgiving, so you already know what I'm talking about. I love you because you're in my family. I just got to have to love you. But if I had an option, I don't know that I would sign up for this family. I don't know that I would include you in my family if we had a sign-up process. But we don't. So I'm stuck with you. Condition. Something interesting that Pastor Sarah said to me. He said, she said, when it is here, in this house, in this church, we all have a commonality, a sense of camaraderie, a sense of seeing and focusing on Jesus in the same way. So it is easy to practice the way of Jesus. But take me out of here and put me amongst people that don't see how I see, don't understand how I understand. It's taking all of me to practice the way of Jesus. Because then in condition, it's easy. It's easy. 
get along with people because we have the same ideology and thought. But agape love cuts through all that division. Agape love is pure. It cuts through anything. Agape love is not concerned about your political mindset. The person that you can look at and think that there's something wrong with them. God ought to remove them. God ought to do something for them because there's something that's just not right. God's love is reached out to that very person as much as it is reached out to you. Because God cuts across it. The same God here is the same God in Africa. Is the same God in South America because he cuts across culture. That's agape love. And he is calling us this season to be able to celebrate in that particular kind of love. Because if it is all about Christmas trees and, and, and gifts and presents and just making sure you get the present right, we're going to miss the kind of agape that he's calling us to participate in. That I've got to be able to see somebody who doesn't have the same opportunity as me and allow them to see the kind of love that God has given me. This is not a call to humanitarianism. Because being a humanitarian does not give you true love because true love is Jesus Christ. And that's the gift that we give. And if we have him in our hearts, if we have him in our lives, then we are able to give him and to present him to others. That's love. That's how we can participate in it. God sent his son to us because he crossed all the barriers. All the barriers. All the walls that we put up in our lives. He sent his son and he cut across that. And our way to respond and be partakers of this is to ensure that we love and we're not setting conditions for people to meet. Because we, in and of ourselves we don't know how to love. Love is not a picture, a cutesy, cutesy picture. Sometimes love is rebuke. Sometimes love is correction. Sometimes love is instruction. Sometimes love is saying, hey, I'm going to set you aside for a second so you can go through a process and get okay. Sometimes that's what love looks like. But in order for us to function in its fullness, we have to have Jesus in our hearts. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 16 to 18. And so we know and rely on the love of and the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God is in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Somebody is sitting in fear and afraid. And there you sit next to them. With Jesus in your heart. Will you give him? Will you give them an opportunity that they might see? As we celebrate the Advent season, we have the opportunity to express love right where people are without condition.
There's no condition that you need to play some people in order to tell them about Jesus. So number one, God's love is unconditional. And number two, in order for us to participate in it, it takes God to love like God. And the third thing is, love lays it all down. Love lays it all down. So back in my teenage years, when I was in school, when Eros kind of love got a hold of me, I didn't have the words to say to the girl that was sitting across the table from me. So what I did is I went to the Bible and I looked for some good words because the Bible, everything's in the Bible, right? So I looked for some lyrics. Guess which book I went to? Yeah. That's right. Your beauty is like the gazelle in the morning, like the dew of the fresh morning. Yeah. So I wrote it all down on a note. Chapter one. And I put it on a table. And then I walked away. And I was hoping to get chapter two back, but it didn't happen. And maybe because it wasn't original. But there is something about Songs of Songs or Songs of Solomon that God has showed me that I want to share with you about how love lays it all down. If you could go with me to Songs of Songs chapter 5 and verse 2 to 7 or Songs of Solomon chapter 5 and verse 2 to 7. The Bible reads, I slept but my heart was awake. Listen, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. I have taken off my robe, must I put it on again? I've washed my feet, must I soil them again? My beloved thrust his hand through the latch opening. My heart began to pound for him. I arose to open for my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with flowing myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had left. He was gone. My heart sank at his departure. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. They beat me. They bruised me. They took away my cloak, those watchmen of the walls. A picture of Christ and his church. You see, Christ comes because part of Advent is to anticipate. We not only celebrate the here and now, but we anticipate that which is to come. And he's always knocking on our doors. He's knocking. He's saying, I have need of you. And he's knocking. Just like the beloved said, I've got dew. I'm drenched with dew. And the beloved is knocking on the lover's door. He's knocking on your door. The lover is sleeping. She's awake so she can hear it. But she's comfortable. She's thinking about it. Shall I even open? Because of how comfortable I am. Just like us. We get comfortable with church. Raising up holy hands in church. And Pastor David says, do so. We fist bump Pastor Joshua Sarah and say, great message. And we go home. 
but we don't open the door for the beloved because we're too comfortable. And you can hear that God, Jesus, is knocking on your door saying it's time. It's time for you to enter into a place of service. It's time for you to do something just beyond yourself. And he knocks, I need you. There's a man that is hungry sitting at the corner and you have the capacity to be able to feed this man. You have the capacity to be able to help him. He's knocking. But it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Shall I take off my clothes? Shall I stop my routine? I am so comfortable in my routine. This is how I do church. And now you're calling me to go the extra mile. And he knocks. But I feel so comfortable where I am. That I'm not able to open the door. I'm not ready to open the door. And it's not only in that. Some of us have put on fear and we hold on to fear and we, we define ourselves by fear. I'm just one of those guys that's just afraid. I just, I just get afraid easily. We define ourselves by that. I'm the guy that's always sad and depressed. I can never just get out of it. We define ourselves by that. And God is... Will you come out of this place of sadness? Will you come out? But I'm comfortable. Some of us are in a nine to five and God is saying, I want you to be starting a business now. I want you to be going into full-time ministry. I want you to lend your gifts to the building of the kingdom of God. But I'm comfortable. I'm in my nine to five. You know how the economy goes? Will you? Open the door. And then at some point, she then decides to open the door and now she's got to go searching. She's got to go running after as if God has left, as if God is not present. But she now goes and she's searching for God. But she's wearing her night clothes. She's still in her comfortable position. And when the watchmen see her, they confuse her for a harlot. They confuse her for a woman of the night and they beat her up. It's kind of like us. We then start to pursue God. But we keep our comforts. We keep our comforts. And we go and the world is confused. And the world starts to beat us up. Because we're confused. God is good, but I'm angry all the time. Come listen to my Jesus. He's good and he's loving, but I have hate in my heart. You cannot even see the love that comes from me, but I have Jesus in my heart. This is Jesus in the world is saying, what is this? Because we hold on to our comforts. We hold on. We hold on to our nine to five. We hold on. It's been 10. It's been 20 years. And you know it. Because the lover knew that the beloved was knocking. You know God is knocking. You can feel it in your heart. He's knocking. And you know it's him. But you're comfortable. And then when it's time to go and search. You want to remain with your comforts. But agape love Lays it all down. It says, I'm willing to drop everything and pick up your everything. Because when Jesus died on that cross, he gave everything. And agape love in response gives everything. That you should be in a position... Where you stand and you say, God, you have my heart, you have my all, you have my life. That's what you said. That's what the song said. You agreed with the song that I give you my life. 
So if he's willing to disturb some things in your life, it's your yes, because you said my life is yours. He cannot hold on to it and also grab a hold of what God is wanting to give you. Just like a clenched fist cannot receive. You got to open and let go. God is calling us to a higher place as citizens of the kingdom of God. We cannot properly anticipate wrapped in the layers of this world keeping our comforts. Psalm chapter 30 verse 6 says, I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. What is waiting on the Lord? Two things. Number one, to wait. Like when you go to a restaurant, you have a server, they wait on you. So number one, waiting is service. And number two, waiting is a posture. I'm going to give you something, a key here on how to wait. Expect God to do something every day. When you wake up in the morning, the Bible says His mercies are new every morning. He says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Shall rejoice and be glad in it. Every day, expect God to do something to break through for you. See, right now our minds are set on the things of life. You're worried about the paycheck. You're worried about the kids. You're worried about, about the car that's broke down. You're worried about your squabble with your neighbor. You, you're worried about all the things in life and you don't have an expectancy of God to do something. And God even does it, but you cannot see it because your mind is not set to it. Expect God to do something every day day be excited be expectant look for it and I'm telling you you will see God do great and mighty things in your life would you bow your hands with me Advent draws our hearts to the reception celebration and reflection of God's love but in order for you to participate in this kind of love like I said you need Jesus because we cannot love the way we ought to love without Jesus Christ. So if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that means it's going to be hard for you to love people. You have to have a relationship with Him. And so if you don't have a relationship with Him, I want to give you an opportunity to walk with this Jesus. That you might experience love because you and I are made to love and to give love. So if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are. I just want to pray with you. I'm not set to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. Raise your hand right where you are. I see that hand. Anybody else? You're struggling to really sense the love of God in your life and you want to church I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me as I pray with a friend here who raised their hands to say I want Jesus in my life 
So church, pray with me. Say, Father, I accept you as my God. Jesus, come into my heart. Take your place on my heart. I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And you are my Savior. Come into my life. Take your place. I give you my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Come on now. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Welcome to the family. And I would encourage you to see one of our altar ministers when they come up to the front. Uh, Because we have a gift that we want to put in your hand just so you can learn more about the journey and the decision that you have made. Now I want to make another call. If everybody's head could remain bowed and eyes closed. I want to make another call. I don't want to lose this moment. If you're here and you have excellent brilliant excuses as to why you cannot move into the call that God is placing on your life. You can feel the tug of God, whether it is to start a business, whether it is to start serving, whether it is to start ministry, and you can feel the tug. You can, you know God's calling you, but you have brilliant excuses, excellent excuses, but excuses they remain as to why you cannot begin the path that God is calling you to. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Because I believe there's a breakthrough and an anointing here to be able to do that. I see that hand. Raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. I want you to keep your hands raised as a posture of receiving because I want to pray for you. So if you're needing breakthrough, you got brilliant excuses. They make sense. And they keep making sense in your mind. And if you tell somebody, they make sense to them too. But it's still keeping you from where you need to go. So I want to pray for God's breakthrough in your life. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for these, my brothers and sisters, whose hands are raised. But two or three are gathered in your name. There you are in our midst and you are in our midst right now. And this is our request. That, Father, you begin to change the testimony of the tongues of those whose hands are raised. That you begin to change the way they see their minds to open. So that they may see the path that you have for them in order to walk in your perfect, good, and pleasing will. I thank you, Lord, that you will remove all the barriers, that you will make the path straight and true. Fill up the valleys and level the mountains, and may the path be straight in Jesus' name. Amen. You stand with me as we get into a time of worship. I'm going to ask the altar ministers to come to the front. If you raise your hand, this is my challenge to you. For you, in order to get to a breakthrough, sometimes you got to have to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to ask you to just come to the front. And pray with one of the altar ministers. Just come to the front and let's pray. And if you have any prayer need at all, this is the moment, this is the time. Just come to the front and have one of the altar ministers pray with you for your breakthrough. If we can begin to worship. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for everything that you're doing and are going to do as we receive your love this holiday season. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for New Song Church OKC in the App Store.